Hey. Hi. Hello. Welcome back, Misfits, and welcome back to a new episode. Today, we're starting a new series. A new series. Yes. So we're talking about the other names of God. Yeah. (laughs) We know God has many names, and we've talked about some of them before. We know him as Jehovah or Yahweh, which means God and Lord. We also know him as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, and Adonai. We talked about all of these names in our one of our past episodes called What's in a Name, and that's episode 11. If you want to refer to that, we'll put it in the show notes as well if right. you haven't heard that one. But today, we're discussing some of the other names of God. Today, specifically, we're going to talk about God as the potter, the friend, a shepherd, and a gardener. As always, we'll give you some Bible, and then we'll go into the explanation. So we're going to start out talking about God as the potter. And we see God mentioned as a potter in Jeremiah 18. And in this chapter, God tells the prophet Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house, and there he will give him the message. So now we read the Bible word for word. Jeremiah 18, 3 through 6 says, So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working with clay at the wheel. He was making a pot from clay, but there was something wrong with the pot. So the potter used that clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. Then this message from the Lord came to me. Family of Israel, you know that I can do the same thing with you. You are like the clay in the potter's hands, and I am the potter. This message is from the Lord. That was good. Yeah, I feel like we hear it a lot. A lot of times it's like in different sermons. You hear it in songs a lot. Yeah. And you don't necessarily know maybe what it's it's referencing or Mm -hmm. where it's coming from. If you're not really into pottery or no, the yeah. makings of it, you might just be like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> right. why do I always refer to him exactly. as a potter? And yeah. we're here to explain. Yeah. So in this message from the Lord, we see God referring to himself as the potter. And as the potter, he is shaping us into what he's called us to be. With his mighty hands, he slowly molds us into a vessel that can pour out to others what he's already given us. So to drive our point home, we wanted to share some characteristics of a potter so you can see what God is trying to say when he calls himself the potter of our lives. So number one, potters are not afraid to get dirty. As they shape their works of art, the clay splashes on them as they work, right? That's why they have um, aprons on. Aprons on. Yeah, yeah, and they work usually in studios right. and far apart from things because mm-hmm. it can be very messy, but that's part of making these, you know, different masterpieces. Uh, masterpieces yeah, of art. exactly. Number two, they are patient. Pottery takes time and patience. Sometimes as potters work on their art, it doesn't come out perfectly the first time. So they have the patience to start again and continue to work on their vision. Which Jeremiah says that in that in, in that message. Verse, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, mm, this is this is looking weird. Yeah. Let me start again. Yeah, and it's just talking about, you know, how it takes time to make a masterpiece, yeah. right? It takes a lot of going back and forth and changing one thing and that doesn't quite look right or whatever that is for the potter. And so yeah. Number three, they have creative vision. They can envision the end product before they even start making it. Sounds good. Yeah, Sounds because good. that's what God is, right? He mm-hmm. sees the end from he already the beginning. Saw, he, he, saw he knows what we're, where we're going to be yeah, at. He know? knows who we're becoming, but he's shaping us to yeah. be able to get there. Yeah. And I think as us being the clay, we, we're in the middle of that messy situation and the hard situation, right? Where yeah. we're being molded and we don't see the end product, but we have to trust the potter that mm-hmm. he's doing what 
he needs to do to change whatever he needs because to change about us. The vision, exactly. Because uh, he knows what we're going to be at. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really beautiful. Um, number four, they don't need anything other than their hands and the clay to make their masterpiece. Yeah. God doesn't need anything outside of himself to make beautiful products. Right. It's yeah. him and him alone. Mm-hmm. And kind of similar when we talked about like other gods in our previous episodes, they needed help, yeah. quote unquote, right? From humanity, mm-hmm. uh, from the earth, whatever that was. Right. And uh, we know that with God, it's just him. Mm-hmm. Just him and us, you know. Um, number five, they place the masterpiece in the fire. So once the potter has shaped their masterpiece, the clay is baked in a ceramic oven called a kiln. This process is called firing. As clay shaped by God, we have to go through the fire for the potter's process to be quote unquote complete. Every time God is finished shaping a part of our character, we have to go through the fire as part of the process. Right. It's that whole It's like like, the graduation process, right? He's like, mm -hmm. I shaped you. I've taught you this. You went through this wilderness. Now mm-hmm. you have to go in the fire so I can make sure that you got this part of your life together and like mm-hmm. you know what I've already taught you. It's cemented in you. You have it in your heart right. and you're ready to go to the next level. Yeah, like I'm confirming this. It's completed yeah. in a way or it's it's the next step, mm-hmm. the next phase. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when you go set. through the fire, he's like, okay, let me see if there is any impurities. Yeah. Okay, let me put you in the fire. Oh, the impurities are out. All right, next <laughs> stage. Yeah. And it's like that shedding or... Um, like, you know, we talk about like dying to oneself and, right. and getting rid of other stuff. That's what the fire does, right? It'll burn away and take away All anything that that's stuff. not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. It's very uncomfortable, but so, it is necessary. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the next one we're going to talk about is how God is the friend. So to see how God shows himself to be our friend, uh, we have to look at Jesus. And we see that in John chapter 15, verses 9 through 15. And Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friend since I have told you everything the father told me. So there's definitely a lot right in these verses, but basically what Jesus is saying is he's talking to his disciples in these verses and he is foreshadowing his death and saying, I love you. You are my friends and I will lay down my life for you. You are no longer slaves with a master. It's about being friends who are loved and I will sacrifice for you, right? He's telling them what he's going to do for them. So it's important to understand that Jesus came not only to be like the example of this perfect human, but also to show us the character of God. So when Jesus says he's our friend, he's also saying that God is your friend um, and that he loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. So some of those characteristics of when God is our friend is right. He's always faithful. Like, he's a faithful friend. Yeah. Another characteristic is that we confide in each other. We're able to confide in him because he's our friend. We Mm -hmm. can tell him whatever it is that we're going through, and he's going to be there and listen. And he confides in us also in letting us know who he is, right? And, And what he has done for us and just... The sacrifice that he gave. Yeah, because so, uh, that's important to mention that although we have to learn to trust God, mm-hmm. God also takes, like, gives us opportunities for yeah. him to be able to trust us. Yes. Right? God gives mm-hmm. you opportunities. And if you do what he asks, then he can trust you. Yes. But that's still a process that you have to go through because mm-hmm. if he sees that he can't trust you, he'll just pick someone else to do it because right. his will will still be done. Yes. So it's definitely yes. a two-sided thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about confiding one another. 
And then another part of that is uh, he shares his glory with us, right? So when we're we're friends with him, we're able to see just all the greatness that God is and everything that he's just done, you know, for our lives. And we're able to share in that and be able to enjoy that. Yeah. So that's really important. Definitely. And in in regard, yeah, he's our friend and Jesus is our friend. And I think that it's sometimes easier for us to relate to Jesus because he is human and God, Mm -hmm. but he went through the things that we go through. So sometimes it's, it's easier to relate to Jesus, but know that Jesus is the character of God. Right. And so if you can relate to Jesus, you can also relate to God the Father because they are one. Yeah, they are one. So it's one and the same. Yep. And um, so that was uh, God as our friend. And now we're going to talk about God as the shepherd. So God is mentioned as a shepherd many times in the Bible, but the first time is in Genesis 48 verses 15 and 16. In this verse, Jacob, aka Israel, is blessing his son Joseph. And he says, may the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, May he bless these boys. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. So we see many of the deliverers in the Old Testament being shepherds, which points to the coming of Jesus and ultimately to God the Father. And we see this in Noah. Um, We see a carpenter when he builds the ark and a shepherd dealing with the animals as they board the ark. Abraham is a shepherd and is out with his father-in-law's animals when he is met by the burning bush. Abraham and Joshua shepherd the people of Israel through the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Even the judges, some of the judges are shepherds sent to lead the people back to God after they had entered the land of Canaan. So the picture of shepherding is all over the Bible since the beginning, although less obvious than in the New Testament, right? When we talk about Jesus being a shepherd, but if you remember, we also mentioned uh, David. Yes. David like is a shepherd. One of very well. famous Exactly, shepherd. exactly. So shepherding is all over the Bible yeah. as this um, picture of leadership and um, just caring for other people. So to get teachy, here are seven ways that God is our shepherd. Number one, he leads us, guides us, and protects us. Number two, he uses the rod and the staff. The staff is to guide us and the rod is to correct us. Number three, he protects us from predators. Number four, he never sleeps. He stays awake, works and watches over us as we sleep. Number five, he leaves the entire flock to find the lost sheep and rejoices when he finds them. Number six, he lives among us and as his sheep, we know his voice because he is always close. And number seven, we do not fear as we follow him voluntarily because we trust where he is taking us. The last thing we want to say about God the shepherd is that he anoints us. So we're about to get real teachy. So like, so hold on, because it's about to get real teachy. Um, Shepherds anoint or put oil on their sheep to protect them. Now, let me explain. Shepherds have been putting oil on sheep since before biblical times for three reasons that we know about. Number one, the rams or the male sheep fight for the female sheep. And what happens is the shepherds put oil on the male's horns. So when they fight, the horns actually slip and then they're less likely to get hurt. Yeah, they won't get as hurt. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is in the summertime, flies start literally bugging the sheep and they mm-hmm. try to go up their noses and lay eggs in the, inside their nose, which as you can imagine, drives them insane and they can hurt themselves or even die because it's so bothersome to them. Yeah, it like gets inside of their head right, basically literally. and can be very, yeah, very bad so for the sheep. Yeah, so they start scraping and hitting themselves mm-hmm. against things Just to, trying like, to get kill rid of these that flies, the itch feeling, and that yeah. uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, so to prevent this, the shepherds anoint them with olive oil to prevent these flies from attacking the sheep and laying eggs. It's kind of like a deterrent, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, and then the third reason is um, to prevent disease from spreading. So sheep can get a contagious parasite known as scab that can spread throughout the entire flock. So to prevent this, the shepherd uses olive oil on their head to kill the parasite and prevent spreading. Um, so as, as we see, these reasons are all for the sheep's own protection for their benefit. And because we are called sheep, we know what God, our shepherd does for us. And it's ultimately protection. Yeah. yeah. Like we're talking about all these things that shepherds do for their sheep. And that's just what God is for yeah. us, right? Like he's, all these things are for our benefit, mm -hmm. for protecting us so we can just grow and be better and we can not be bothered by certain yeah. things. Be so safe. we're able to be able mm -hmm. to focus so we're safe, all those things. I, I heard something recently when you were reading the reasons uh, or the ways that he's our shepherd about how he goes for that lost shepherd. The lost sheep. <laughs> I mean, the, the lost shepherd, he might have, no, he's not the, lost. The shepherd might be lost too, the, I don't know. No, let's hope not. Um, no, the lost sheep, you're right. Um, but he was saying like it was a hundred sheep, right? And he goes for the one, because uh, he's going to go for the one that's lost. And usually it meant like, if you had a hundred sheep, like you were pretty well off, yeah. right? If you had that many. So usually you would send somebody or one wouldn't be as big a deal, right? Because mm -hmm. you've got 99 still. But the fact that the shepherd himself went was was what was significant about this story yeah that he cares so much about us that even having a hundred and knowing that you're well off that you can have help and send somebody yeah he didn't right he went for us mm -hmm. you know like so he I went just, for the individual the yeah individual yeah he himself yeah. being the the shepherd mm -hmm. could have sent someone and he didn't he went yeah so, anyway so, i thought that so. was interesting yeah that's great and then the fourth one we're going to talk about today is how god is the gardener gardener that's kind of a hard word Gardener. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Gardener, something I am not very good at. <laughs> but Jesus is, so thank God for that. Uh, Jesus also tells us that God the Father is a gardener, right? We see this in the book of John. So John 15 uh, verses 1 through 4 says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So that's real powerful. Like, yes. you need to be connected, right? Yeah. He's like, I need to be connected to my father. Yeah. And you need to be and connected to And you too, to yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So in this case, right, again, we are the branches. God is the gardener who cuts the branches if they are not producing fruit. So big picture, this means that we as Christians, non-believers should be able to look at us and see that fruit, right? The fruit of our lives because we are in Christ. Uh, so this doesn't mean that we work for God or for our salvation, but it just means that as followers of God, we are to produce fruit that others can see because we are in Christ. It, that's part of what will that be produced. Happens. That yeah. happens, mm -hmm. right? So this fruit that Jesus is talking about is the fruit of having the Holy Spirit inside of us. And when we're walking in him, it's going to happen. Yeah. This is what, what's going to be the outcome of just being in Christ. Right. So the Albeit some things are easier than others, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. But some things we have to grow into, but ultimately it is a fruit mm -hmm. of having the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. Just as we're going, growing closer in that relationship, we start, you know, things that are coming things. out of us. Yeah. Um, is producing right. actual life um, and positive things and the fruit that you know the Holy Spirit gives us. So the Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 that the Holy Spirit produces in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit that Jesus is referring to. These are qualities that followers of God should exhibit that others can see and ultimately draw them to want to know our Lord and Savior. So as we just grow in our relationship, these are the things that we start producing, right? Yeah. This is the fruit. Mm -hmm. And again, to get teachy and drive our point home, we want to share some characteristics of a gardener so you can see what Jesus is trying to say when he says that the Father is the gardener. So one, gardeners are patient. They have to go through the entire process of planting and waiting on the harvest. The plant has to get to a certain point before the gardener can prune. So yeah, it's a, a lot of waiting around, right? Yeah. And a lot of just expectation yeah. and just... Yeah, like expectancy. You just have to wait for it. Yeah, There's no rushing the process. Yeah, that's that. I, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, thank you for the vote of yeah. confidence. And just like, no, this is my girl. She gonna do it. But yeah. like, man, I'm imperfect. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and I feel like that's one of those. Like, that's a fruit of the spirit, right? Yeah. But that's a hard one for most humans, yeah, I would say. Exactly, but not for God. But not because for God. He, he is, is long suffering. And yeah. Like we we are walking and we're messing up and taking left turns when we should be taking right turns mm -hmm. and he's just patient. He's, just he's like, like right, you're gonna get you it. You go get it. You go get it. Again, yeah. like we mentioned, he's uh he knows the end product. Right? Exactly. So he's like, exactly. I, I, she'll I know what you're gonna there. be. She'll get yeah. there. I'm just gonna root her on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just here. I yeah. I just know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Uh, two, they are precise, right? So the gardener has to prune specific branches in a specific area to ensure the overall health, right? So it knows kind of where it needs to prune, what it needs to do in yeah. order to get the maximum growth. Mm -hmm. So it knows how far, you know, which leaves, yeah, which, when you know, to do it, when not yeah, to do what it. Time, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure it has to do with weather and the soil and all these different mm -hmm. things. So yeah, you have to be precise. Otherwise, you might be cutting off yeah. some healthy some healthy areas, right? Something that's and be like, oh, I could have gotten some good fruit out of that. Like, and I just cut it off. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try again. No. God doesn't need to do that. No. We probably did. But. Yes. So the third one is they have to cope with loss. Uh, if you read the whole chapter of John 25, you'll see that Jesus says that some branches don't produce fruit and they are pruned and thrown in the fire. And these branches represent just people who don't follow God, right? Who, who they might call themselves Christians, they might not, but they're just people who are not exhibiting any fruit. And so therefore they're thrown in the fire. Yeah, like, like not, you're just not yeah. producing. I mean, if you have a tree, you have a plant, and it's supposed to give you fruit, let's say you have an apple tree and it's mm -hmm. not giving you any or, apples. Or, you know, a fig tree, for example. A fig tree. <laughs> yeah, any kind of fruit where you're yeah. expecting, you know, because that's what it's made yeah. for and it's not, then you're going to cut that down and then go get another one yeah. or pick a different fruit or mm -hmm. whatever that is um but you know unfortunately that's what it is if you're not producing mm -hmm. then it's going to be cut off yep. and that's just part of the process mm -hmm. so stay connected uh stay connected to the body <laughs> to the body that's important uh and then number four they have drive so god keeps pruning us for our own good and it's part of the process of becoming who has who he has called us to be right yeah so he's going to keep doing this yeah um, as Until we die yeah we talk about like, you know, there's layers, right? Like right. every time uh, we go through one thing, it's like other things are uncovered mm -hmm. or we're trying to just perfect it because we're never arriving, right? right. There's never a dust, like a, a place where we're like, oh, I'm perfect now. I'm done I pruning. fixed everything. I'm a beautiful rose. I have all this fruit. Like, no, there's always <laughs> yeah. something more. Yeah. And so that's just part of it, right? Like he has to continually look at us and be like, okay, this is good. Yeah. In this, this season, you can't take this with you. Like, hey, let's yeah. prune this. And then you go into the season. Yeah. And then it's again, you're going to a new season. Hey, we have to prune we this. We got to prune it's this. Yeah. Literally forever. So he's, yeah. he's, you know, has that drive to be able to be precise with us mm -hmm. and, and prune what he needs to in the process. Yeah. Uh, and number five, uh, they are loving and kind, right? 
um, if you ever heard, you know, a lot of gardeners say you have to talk to your plants. You yeah. have to be really nice. You have to be gentle, right? You can't just be yanking things out. Right. Because you're going to hurt the plant. Mm-hmm. You're going to hurt the tree. It's not going to, you know, kind of the same it's thing. Not gonna, as, it's not going to do what you need it to do. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like if you cut too too far, right. you know, you're going to, you might cut something that you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And the same way, if you're not kind and loving, uh, and if you're just kind of haphazardly with this plant, like, it's not going to give you the results either. Right. And as a gardener, like, you're, you're aware of, of the gentleness that needs to go yes. into, you know, the care and all that. So that's what God does with us, right? He just looks after us and does it with love and kindness mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that it's for the better. Yeah. He's very gentle. The Holy yeah. Spirit is very gentle. Yeah. Even when he when he convicts you. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's all for our own good. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And ultimately, he has to be gentle because he wants us to obey right mm-hmm. he wants us to be to have the choice to do what he wants us to do and mm-hmm. so if you if you like if you have a friend if you're in a relationship whatever when you tell someone something in love it's so much easier to accept and to be receive, like you know yeah. what i will i will work on that mm-hmm. and i'll and i thank you for bringing it to me in that way and stuff like that so yeah. we appreciate god's gentleness yeah yes. and i think that's also that speaks to the fruit right mm-hmm. that god's planting in us so right. if we as friends of other people or just you know brothers and sisters in christ um if we have the fruit of the spirit then when we share something to someone else then that kindness and that love and that patience yeah. and all that it's going to come out to where that person can receive it you right. know if they also have christ in their heart exactly exactly and it makes it easier for people to be able to see um mm-hmm. jesus and the father through us which is the entire goal yes right mm-hmm. um so we hope that you enjoyed this episode we just wanted to share some other names of god because we know that he is referred in this way in the bible mm-hmm. and we know him by his many names and some of them are complicated and some are not yeah but these are things that we just wanted to share with you so you see when someone says hey god is a potter god is a friend god is a gardener yes what that actually means and says about god's character mm-hmm. um which is amazing yeah so and like where it share. is in the bible too yeah. if you hadn't heard it you know why why do they refer to him as the potter now you know yep um and just kind of the the reasons why behind exactly. it um and it's yeah it's just beautiful you know and like we mentioned the previous episode we talked a lot about like a lot of the hebrew names and a lot of uh names in the old testament mm-hmm. of you know what they called god um, and this is just kind of another way of, you know, other names of God. Yeah. 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 And these are things too, that if you haven't really dug into your new Testament and the gospel specifically, mm-hmm. you can see all of these characteristics in Jesus. Yeah. And so if you want to know more about these specific facets of God, look at Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. 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 Great resources. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All those gentlemen are great resources. But that's it for us. As always, this is Fran. This is Yavi. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We are the Midtown Misfits, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.